0: We had quite a lot of interest in forests, quite a few years now. Forests are something that we are all sort of banking on, right? We we are expecting forests to capture all that excess carbon for us and to hold on to the carbon that they already have. Forests, you know, trees and their, their soils. In most countries, there is a, a lot of focus on trying to keep forests or increase the forest area for carbon capture purposes and also for, for biodiversity and fungi are very much involved in all of that. They don't get a lot of attention, a lot of discussion, but they are an integral part. And so that's sort of what we've what we been focusing on. So there are some really big changes that we've been imposing on these fungal
1: systems
2: Vito Tando. We're going to talk about uh, the symbiosis between plants and fungi. Martin's on the Faculty of Natural Sciences, part of the Department of Life Sciences. He's a professor of molecular ecology. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. So, Martin, thank you for coming. Oh, thanks to you. Yeah, if you would, tell me a bit about your background and how you got involved with uh, fungi and plant interactions.
0: Yeah. So I've, I've always had an interest in in interactions between species and particularly on plant fungal interactions, both from an ecological and an evolutionary point of view. I think those are very interrelated. And in recent years, I've become very interested in how the changes that we are imposing on environments globally. Are interacting in turn with these plant fungal systems, and what we might be able to learn about what's going on below ground or in the in the soil.
2: Okay, so what are the scientific questions you're researching now?
0: Yeah, so we've had quite a lot of interest in forests quite a few years now. Forests are something that we are all sort of banking on, right? We we are expecting forests to capture all that excess carbon for us and to hold on to the carbon that they already have, forests, you know, trees and their, their soils. In most countries, there is a lot of focus on trying to keep forests or increase the forest area for carbon capture purposes and also for, for biodiversity. And fungi are very much involved in all of that. They don't get a lot of attention, a lot of discussion, but they are an integral part. And so that's sort of what we've what we been focusing on. So there are some really big changes that we've been imposing on these fungal systems, and they, they have consequences. So, so that's what we've been looking at. One of the main consequences is the nutritional status of trees, you know, the, the health of trees. You know, we all are very comfortable talking about the health of humans, right? But it's quite clear that the health of humans has has improved tremendously over the, the, you know, several centuries. Um, But in that same time, the health and the environment has gone downhill quite dramatically and continues to do so. so. So we've been looking at changes in the nutrition of trees, uh, a lot of the nutrition comes from the fungi. The fungi provide all of the nutrients that trees need to grow. And so that's that's what we've been trying to to understand, to disentangle.
2: Okay, so what kind of uh, plants are you working with or what kind of fungi? Like, what are your uh, example systems you're studying?
0: Yeah, so we work... Uh, my main focus for the last 20 odd years has been on this association called Mycorrhizae, uh, which just means fungus root. Uh, it's a, in a very difficult to pronounce and spell word but it just means fungus root um and it's it's this very ancient association the the very first land plants had to connect up with fungi to be able to get nutrients from the very early ecosystems and this is something that was very very successful this partnership between plants and fungi it started about give or take 500 million years ago And it it allowed a a very massive drawdown of carbon dioxide from the air that was pumped into soils. Before this, there were no soils. Soils are a creation of of plants and fungi. And it also went into some of the major fossil fuels, like coal and and natural gas and things like that. In that process, the, the plants and the fungi diversified, and that ultimately allowed animals to diversify. And then at the very, very end of the story, we we appear in the picture so we are in the last couple hundred years since the industrial revolution we started to reverse that process so we released carbon back into the air in an astonishing speed so that is obviously having unwanted consequences let's say well
2: what do you mean plants and fungi created soil how and do we see uh-huh, evidence right. of that today
0: right 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 so yeah, they 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 did it and they continue to do so. So at the very beginnings, there was a lot of life in the oceans, really big, complex organisms. But on land, there were these, you know, sort of biofilms and you know crusts on surfaces, but it was all very shallow. So these were these microbial dominated systems. And fungi would have been there. There was a very long delay, about 70 million years or so, before plants were able to get onto land and then you start are getting larger plants over time you know things like grasses and shrubs and trees that is quite a quite a difficult process but it was eventually sort of cracked and the the secret in some way to that success of plants was being able to connect directly cell to cell with fungi that would provide them with water and with mineral nutrients like nitrogen phosphorus potassium etc the very first land plants had no roots roots are a very recent invention turns out Um, so they would have been completely dependent on fungi that were already established to be able to to give them those resources so if you kind of allow that to happen that that connection it is successful then over time you start getting larger plants above ground and below ground and as plants die and fungi die, they start to accumulate carbon, dead carbon, into the into the ground. And that starts to build up these soils. And given it enough time, eventually becomes things like coal, you know, that is, is a fossilized form of that organic carbon. Um, so that's that's what gives us the world that we have today. So the the carbon dioxide in the air was much, much higher before that process of, of the conquest of land by plants and fungi uh, got started so that that sort of gave us the the world that we live in and that we are now backpedaling on a lot of that process
2: when did uh, roots come you said they'd come much later than the...
0: so it's if we start everything about 500 million years ago Maybe about four hundred or so we start getting things that look like roots, and there is a sort of a gradual process of of plants becoming larger you know in the the first forests appearing and forests are the most efficient way of building up deep soils uh and accumulating vast amounts of of plant biomass so that is recent for for our mindsets you know we are talking you know maybe three four hundred million
2: years ago okay. So, um, again, when you mentioned plants and fungi form soil, Mm, literally, mm. how do they do it? What's been studied? What's been observed?
0: Yeah. So there's been a a a shift uh, recently. So uh, it used to be thought that soils mainly came from above ground parts of plants dying off. So leaf litter, you know, leaves falling down is what you see in the autumn, right? Where, Where do all those leaves go, right? So that becomes soil. And that does become soil. But most of the soil actually becomes comes from dying roots and the fungi that are connected to those roots so plants allocate quite a lot of the carbon that they fix above ground to their root systems and a lot of that goes into the fungi that are connected to them so it's a payment it's a partnership so you pay in uh, sugars and in fats to these fungi that will then pay you back with mineral good as it's a There's a physical difference. So plants cannot make structures that are small enough to get into the smallest cracks and crevices in the soil, but fungi can. So they have sort of an upper hand in mining minerals in the soil. Um, so it is, it is more efficient, and it's been so for the last 500 million years, for plants to pay fungi to then go out into the soil and bring them back uh, minerals. So it is those dying roots, those dying fungi that generates what we call soil. So um, it's this, you know, very incredibly complicated uh mix of minerals, uh dead plant material, dead fungal material, and then also living uh plants and, and microbes. So fungi bacteria you know microphone et cetera etc it's, it's it's the most complex environment we have in the planet oh
2: wow. so is the soil complex or it's yeah, like the, near, soil. Near the, yeah near the, the soil yeah the soil is the soil
0: yeah the soil is insanely complex, and a lot of that complexity is is linked to this to these roots of plants. Roots are are the main sort of conduit of energy into into soils. That's that's how we ended up with all that. Well, wait, know, a sort of wait a
2: second. Yeah, yeah. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to twenty seven hundred plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Is the soil complex or is the root bundle with soil, with fungi, with bacteria, with plant cells, etc. the vicinity of the root bundle with the nodules and all that stuff, that seems to be more complex than the soil itself, even though the soil is very complex. <laughs>
0: yeah so i don't I don't distinguish you know I, I think of soil as including these living organisms and these living roots yeah the the underground
2: okay, so we're talking about the same thing then yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah again, what is your study is yeah, it, it's so, not how soil is formed, but is it what interactions are you studying in detail? what are you trying to figure out?
0: Yeah, so we have been looking at trying to understand which fungi are connected with which plants. It's not a free for all. There's been five hundred million years of optimization in the systems. So there are a lot of fungi out there, and there are a lot of plants out there. There are certain combinations that are most suited to certain environments and certain soil types and certain climates, certain you know amounts of of uh, water, et cetera. So this has been very finely optimized and we are very much still in the early days of understanding what is where and why. You know, this is not, this is not received investment that let's say, you know, biomedical investigations have received. So there is a lot to learn still. So we are trying to understand who's there, what they're doing. We are trying to understand how mainly the cycles of carbon, Nitrogen and phosphorus, which are the three major biogeochemical cycles, which we are also the main the main cycles that we are disturbing, how they are responsible for these changes with these different. Plant and fungi in different locations. So there are soils that are deeper than other soils. There are soils that have more carbon than others. A lot of that has to do with which particular combinations of plants and fungi are there. I mean, it's obvious, right? They, they've been around there for a long time. They're, they're the masters of, of generating this, these soils. And so we need to know who's doing what, what where and then how that is changing as we add more carbon more nitrogen and more phosphorus to those systems as we, we try to sort of accelerate them to increase productivity or, or whatever it is that we're trying to do. What are the consequences of that on those biological components, the plants and the fungi that are already there and that are being impacted? And they are impacted massively. So there are huge shifts in which species of, of fungi are dominant in in different soils as you change them you get huge gradients you know as you go from uh, for instance across different parts of europe areas that are more polluted to areas that are less polluted massive changes in which fungi are doing what and we've push a lot of these systems into conditions that they didn't evolve for they've never experienced in those 500 million years of, of experiments that they did we've created conditions that they have never ever experienced so it is trying to understand what are the results of those new experiments that we're doing
2: well again what new experiments what are you looking at
0: yeah so a lot of this has to do with extraordinary amounts of nitrogen that we are adding to, to forest, for instance. This is not just about runoff from agriculture. A lot of this is atmospheric deposition. So it's in ions that are coming in with, with the rain or the, or the snow and that. One of the things that it's doing is that it's shifting a lot of these forests into conditions that they've never experienced before. Things that, for instance, being limited by phosphorus. This is something that is, is very unusual in these kinds of European forests. And it's something that we we are responsible for. So that, that has consequences. And we are trying to understand what the consequences of, of that are. Because as I said at the beginning, we are very much banking on uh forest's continuing to hold on to carbon and hopefully take up more carbon but they are got, having to do it they're having to do it in, under conditions that they've never experienced before that the, the plants and the fungi that do that business have never experienced before so there's a fair amount of things that we need to sort out.
2: With, uh, have you compared regenerative farming versus traditional farming where they're putting all kinds of fertilizers in and what happens to the to the soil locally?
0: Yeah, so we are interested in not so much farming. We've been looking mainly at forest areas in other natural ecosystems. We have a lot of uh, these this ecosystems called heathlands that are shrubby areas here, and also in grasslands, uh, some of which are used for pastures. So this is a lot of the land. This is a lot of the land where we hope that we can keep and store more carbon a lot of the agricultural land is really quite degraded and it is it has a net loss of carbon already and it has had that for quite a long time so we've been trying to focus on these natural ecosystems that we still have and what the impacts are there so there's a lot of interest in doing this sort of a assessment of of what the carbon stocks are across different systems i mean. You know, I should backtrack a little bit. You know, there is tremendous focus on the above ground. There is a tremendous focus on uh, disease, natural ecosystems and pests. There's a tremendous focus on bacterial processes, rather limited focus on the underground, on the soil systems. And there's quite a limited focus on the fungi or there's been so far. So a lot of what we're trying to do is sort of fill in the gaps in the knowledge um, so that we can... Be in a better position to understand how the systems work and then take steps to manage them appropriately
2: okay so again what are you seeing in forest systems are you looking at ones that are being cut down or you're just looking at ones that are just you know kind of going along yeah yeah we are we are looking
0: at the the range so so forests that are protected for conservations that are not logged and also forests that are sort of working forests, you know, the ones that we plant and we harvest like a, like a crop. And surprisingly across all of uh, the patterns are actually quite similar. So as you have forests in areas that are receiving more pollution, so this is more carbon and also more nitrogen, then you're getting losses in the diversity of the fungi and shifts in the diversity. So in most of these forests, Before we started, let's say, messing with the atmosphere, the fungi that were very dominant there were essentially superb at mining. So they would go very far away from roots. They would pump a lot of carbon into the soil, and then they would try to extract mineral nutrients. We've shifted them into the systems where the fungi are, let's say, lazier. So they don't go as far, almost not very far from the roots at all, and they are not as good at mining in the for minerals and they're also not very good at pumping carbon into the soil so we've kind of created a forest that is sort of the opposite of what we are actually hoping the forest would be like so this is reason for concern uh, and and this is why I'm arguing that we need to you know understand how the systems actually work and make less assumptions about you know it's all about the above ground or it's all run by bacteria. There, there are other things going on.
2: Well, what's the um? I don't know. What, what are some future experiments that you're looking to do? Maybe you haven't gotten to them yet. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So the the kinds of experiments that we are uh, trying to do, and it's it's always a, a huge struggle to convince people that it's uh, worth looking at fungi and it's worth looking at the soil. We are we have trial uh, plantations. We are inoculating trees with fungi that come from woodlands to see if we can actually ensure that they will capture as much carbon as possible this may not be optimal in a lot of forests because of the conditions that we created we're also trying to set up experiments to understand how this uh, business of of being limited by phosphorus so you know basically trees becoming nutritionally unbalanced yeah so they will have too much you know it's like when you go to the doctor right and you get a blood test um, and it tells you that some things are in the red and some things are in the, in the, in the green and some things are fine. You can do similar things with trees. So you can collect leaves and you can do a chemical analysis and you can check it against, against references or standards that are considered healthy. And you can say, okay, well, this, this, these trees are having some problems with this particular mineral nutrient. Um, so you can do that and we we can find that there are many forests in fact most of our forests now traditional imbalances so they have too much of something or too little of something else so we are trying to set up experiments to understand how do the fungi fit into that picture ultimately those minerals come from fungi uh, fungi deliver them to the to the cells of these trees so we are yeah that that's that's the that's the aim to try to understand what controls the nutrition of the trees a lot of work has been done on lab settings uh, but these are very very restrictive and i've done some of those experiments as well uh, but they are very restrictive you know it's, it's not the same to work on a on a little baby tree as to work on a, an adult tree in the forest it's much more complex out there much more real and also a lot of these fungi they are because they're so uh you know they're symbiosis you know they're these very old partnerships they're very hooked onto the trees so it's incredibly difficult to get them to perform or to grow for you in a lab setting they will only grow in natural uh, ecosystems so the the experiments that you can do in a control setting in a lab sometimes Maybe very elegant, but they're not very realistic about what might be going on in the field um, so that that's been our focus to try to do or set up analysis that informs us about what's going on in nature
2: okay well uh, very good what's the best place for people to uh, learn more about your work? Where can they go to see it and see your experiments?
0: Ah well, well, they can get in touch and find out more uh the happy to send people. We've written articles that are for the general audience. We don't just write obscure scientific articles, but, and, uh, and yeah, we've, we've set up experiments in various locations. So, so yeah, get, get in touch and we can, we can talk more about it for sure.
2: Well, very good, Martin. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Lovely. Thanks to you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.